Amistro bin Hazarta. Antir I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. And then I put David Boreanaz on my lap. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> on this very special episode <laughs> of Don't Read the Latin. Should, Welcome back. Should, should we even tell them what you're talking about or just let them wonder? <laughs> <laughs> um, I helped. <laughs> I went. Trying to see. Oh, his mouth opens. It does. Yes. Oh my god, it does. That's amazing. I didn't I'm, even know these existed. <laughs> Let me see if I can put. Is there? Is he actually a puppet? Is he? Is he actually a wee puppet man? He's not. His He's mouth not. just opens. Okay. It's got. It's got a magnet. So anyhow, <laughs> I went to my boyfriend's storage unit where he has all of his Halloween supplies, which perhaps isn't you know. An aphrodisiac to most people in the world, but to me, it was like, you think, have a storage unit full of Halloween supplies? I think if anyone's going to understand that, it will it's be our, our listeners. listeners. <laughs> yes. And so um, I got to see his um, huge supply of, like, Muppet figurines, mm-hmm. his Halloween supplies, his very large plastic um, uh, Gamera, which is also right, right there with her yes. tusks. And he has Muppet Angel from the Smile Time episode. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, it's Muppet Angel! And he let them come stay at my house. <laughs> and so, um, David... Okay, Abby David, looks like she wants Muppet Angel to pet her. She wants everybody to pet her. It's true. She I, doesn't care. I don't think... Okay, all right. Abby's Muppet my 18-year-old cat, who... I'm, I'm starting to sound like one of those people. And then you should meet Abby, my 18-year-old cat. Yes, but at this point, you only have the one. True, but. I don't have five anymore. Right. But uh, she's lonely since I moved out, and and she cries a lot, which you will probably hear. Yes. And needs lots and lots of pets. And yes. apparently, uh, she's pets. not against uh, being petted by a Muppet. Yeah. Because who wouldn't want she, to she's, be petted She's open to that. So we had a, a week delay on the podcast because life sorry yeah. things are still not settling down for either one of us yeah they're getting there yeah yeah they will eventually uh what have you seen what have i lately, seen well, Mr. Do, do, you want, do you want to mention what we're going to be talking about oh yes we have a theme yes we're doing horror movies with child protagonists, and that doesn't roll trippingly off the tongue, so I don't really know what I'm going to title this episode. Yeah. But I'm, I'm and, sure I'll come up with something clever. And it kind of lends towards... The, the idea I'd had a couple podcasts back was I wanted to have, like, a um, gateway horror episode, which this kind of leads to, or lends to, except yeah. for the ones that are really frightening. Well, I, I think really what led me to want to do this specific topic was watching... Um, uh, the people under the stairs for the uh, Stephen yeah. King episode yeah. because that was a great kid protagonist yes. and it, it got me thinking 
how well child protagonists work with horror. Mm-hmm. So because kids can handle a lot of scary, a lot a lot scarier, and I think the world has been fully aware of this. Yes. Uh, for a long time. I'll be talking about it more when we get to the actual topic, but one of the things that I watched in preparation for this episode was The Gate, which I'd seen years and years ago. I and, wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> and I failed. I, I remember watching it and loving it, but I think the discussion of that should wait till we're yeah. in the yeah, midst of the mm-hmm, theme. Absolutely. But, I just, but I'm just throwing it out there. Is it something I have watched? Um, I saw the first episode of uh, Scream Queens. What did you think of that? I hadn't. I, had, I don't want to. I actually really, really liked it, located. but I don't know if you would or not. I don't think I would. Yeah. Um. Did you ever see Mean Girls? Yes, which I loved. Then you might like this. All right. Because it, that it's kind of pitched in that same vein. In that, in, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, and Maybe at some it's point. it's just kind of wonderfully over the top, you know, and that, that I realized very early on. Okay. This is not to be taken as something that could happen in the real world. No, yeah. this is, and you should especially give it a shot for Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, I love because Jamie she's, Curtis. Oh my God, she's Abby, amazing stop. in this. Um, she, she's the dean of the college. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Okay. Well, at this point, I'm trying to. Well, I'll, I'll get there when I get there. So, what did you think? Um, I liked it. Yeah. Um, you remember last time I was saying that I'd seen the first episode of the Scream. TV series, and that I would probably continue watching that. Yeah. I don't think I am. I think I'm going to continue watching this instead, because oh, it yeah. scratches a lot of the same itches, uh, but I thought it was better. Um, I saw uh, <coughs> I saw Goodnight Mommy, uh, the Ooh. Austrian film. Oh, hey now. Because that looks terrifying. It was harrowing. Okay. Holy crap. And I, I really kind of want to see that. I It, it kind of starts to edge into, is this torture porn mm. at a certain point? But I don't think I would call it that, because in, in, in torture porn is like, you know, that kind of scene for the sake of it. Yeah. But this just was organically where the story went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a hard watch yeah. in a lot of points, but it was it was really good, and it was really scary. And it was very creepy as well as being scary. Um and, yeah, I saw it at uh, the Sif Uptown Theater. Cool. And everyone walking out of it looked shell-shocked, <laughs> which was kind of great. It looked pretty terrifying, mm-hmm. just from the trailers that I'd seen. I was really giving myself a lot of crap because I, um, I was like, oh, I haven't seen anything. And then I realized I've caught up on a lot of television. So I finished Hannibal. Yay. Holy moly. Yeah. Holy moly. Do, do you see now why I was saying that if the series had to end, I'm satisfied with that yes. as an ending? Yeah. Absolutely. It, it makes the Absolutely. whole thing feel very organically whole. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have predicted this ending, but in retrospect, this I'll is where it. this is where it was going. You know. Yeah. Um, it, I, I really, I, I have resisted buying any of the seasons. Um. And I, I'm now I'm going to hold off until hopefully there's going to be a, the whole series Blu-ray set that will come out if there's any if there's a god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was really beautiful, and um, you know the the it was a rough start of the season. Yes, it was very artistically beautiful, but it just pulled no punches with its with its finale. I don't want to yeah. get too much into No, I don't want to get um, into specifics cuz But but it was yeah. gorgeous and and hello can, can I can I can I throw out the phrase murder husbands murder husbands. Yes. 
Oh my. Well, well, considering that phrase even made it into the show. Yeah. (laughs) You called us murder Murder husbands. (laughs) And you took pictures of me while I was in the hospital bed. (laughs) I put a black bar. It it, it still gets to me how perfectly that that actress captures Freddie Lowndes, considering that it was a completely different male character. Yeah. But but she just is is just as sleazy as yes. the, the character should be. Yes, uh, it was you know it it, it just uh, the the series was airing right as I was moving and I just missed a whole lot of it and but it was a wonderful wrap up and like you said it was a, a perfect ending if yeah. that was going to be the ending of the entire show. I, I do wish that the storyline in the first half of the season had been wrapped up a little faster and yeah. that we'd had more time to spend on the Red Dragon storyline. Holy shit. The casting... For Dolorhide? Was amazing. Yes. And and bringing in... Uh, is it Rutalina? Is that her name? Rut- I do not she, she was in True Blood also. Oh, okay. And was fantastic. It was their... Their romance uh, was so well done yeah. and, and believable, and uh, it broke your heart when you thought what might have happened happened, mm-hmm. and it it and then it seemed all that much more. Um, I just there's no way to talk about it, um, right. but it it was they were perfectly cast, perfectly believable. I, I actually I actually do have a, a slight quibble with, with the casting of Dolor Hyde. As fantastic a performance as it was, and I loved watching mm-hmm. him as this character, I had kind of a hard time believing that he'd been able to hold, hold together the mask of a normal life this long. No. You know, whereas like uh, I think it's Ray Fiennes plays plays the character in the. Um, Wow, I'm blanking out his name. The movie version. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but he really... The Norton. Yeah. Uh, he really seemed uh, believable as someone who, yeah, no one would really look twice at, and, but if they did, they'd notice something wrong. This version of Dolorhide, I had a harder time buying that. Yeah. But I didn't have that's any. a minor complaint, really, considering yeah. how fantastic the rest of the performance was. Yeah. I am uh, watching season one of I, Zombie. Um, and it is the creators of Veronica Mars, which I also watched after the fact, mm-hmm. um, and really, really enjoyed it. It is just, I am the perfect age. Right. I have the, the perfect amount of, of media references of through my childhood for everything to be just, you know, it's a little Whedon-esque in its references right. that, that extend further than the age of the characters in which they're portraying, uh, Veronica Mars, that is. And then, um... They use a lot of the same characters. Uh, you see a lot of the same actors showing up in iZombie that you... And there's a couple of people that are like, God, that looks so... He looks <laughs> so familiar with... Oh, because he's in Veronica Mars. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I've heard it's very different from the comic that it's based on. Uh, that the, the comic that it's based on has a very different tone. Mm-hmm. But as it is, really good. Uh, occasionally really emotionally heart-wrenching hmm. while still managing to be really funny at times and a little gory at times because uh, zombies right. mm-hmm. and eating brains. Yes. But um, really an awful lot of fun. I'm definitely going to have to check this out. You're the second person to recommend mm-hmm. it to me. The first being Miranda Wolf. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she, she loves it. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, might, definitely the, the season is added to my TiVo. 
now, so I'll be catching it now as it airs, but I'm, I'm most of the way through. It's a pretty short season. I think it only had like 12 or something episodes in the first season, and then I think it's scheduled for like 18 in the second season. But good stuff. Um, Not directly relevant to the subject of this podcast, but there's a, a, a rumor going around that uh, Doctor Who may have a short season next year instead of a full season, and people are really yeah, and well, you know, well, like 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 they would. They are yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, like they did with David Tennant, where they had just the year of specials instead of huh. um a full season that, that they might. Be I watched all of it after year. the fact, so yeah. It, I, oh, so it, so that didn't really register. Mm-hmm, yeah. No. Uh, People are, you know, mildly freaking out over this. For me, since I waited 16 years for the show to come back, <laughs> you know, finding out that I'm getting any next year is still a bonus, mm-hmm. so I'm not particularly stressing over this. Uh, one that I wanted to bring up that I had seen that you had seen uh, recently was the uh, reboot of Poltergeist. Yeah, Poltergeist. Yeah. Um, and it was good. I would put it in the same category as Let Me In. In Which other I words, also okay. But in other words, a, a perfectly competent and completely yeah, unnecessary, unnecessary remake. Yeah. Uh, there were definite moments with. Uh, and it was completely telegraphed. I mean, we were supposed to. We were. Our heart was supposed to be captured by that son. Yeah. And, and mine was. Yeah. And there was a lot of moments with Sam Rockwell and his son that really touched me. Uh, especially the, you know, well, do you feel any better? Well, no, not really. You know, or yeah. Do you, oh God, what was the line? I can't remember exactly how that went. Yeah, it was something like, "Are you any less scared?" No, but I do feel a little bit braver. Yeah, and, yeah, that was um, fantastic. The family relationship seemed, and and that was my biggest worry is that you would lose a sense of it. It wasn't, it wasn't as deep a family relationship as yeah. as the original movie because I am like I love sure love Joe Beth Williams and the dad and but I was worried the they were gonna push it in like a broken family direction. Yes, I mean the and... way I heard it uh, put out there was that they were it was a, a family fleeing an abusive husband. Wow, and, okay. and I was like, oh, and then I heard it with Sam Rockwell, and I'm like, oh, but I love Sam Rockwell. <laughs> but it was it was good. It got kind of lost in the effects-laden it did. ending. Um, I, I but think it, was, the, it was perfectly decent. I think the scariest scene in it for me was one that didn't require much, practically anything in the way of effect, and that was the scene with the drill. Oh, oh, the, the drill in yeah. The yeah, that was... Amazingly intense. Yeah, there's something. And yeah, Abby, you do not terrifying. need apple cider and whiskey. I do. <laughs> now I'm going to be scared and oh, run away. Okay. Bye, Abby. Um. Uh, let's see. Rewatched. Uh, I I I messed up my <laughs> neck. So in a um painkiller and muscle relaxer uh fueled <laughs> frenzy. Haze. I, I rewatched uh, Jurassic Park, which oh, okay. is <laughs> on muscle relaxers and painkillers. Still just as enjoyable as the first time you, I saw you, you it. You might actually have seen Jurassic World, and you just didn't realize. No, that you were there watching. was some Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. And and <laughs> and and the wonderful boyfriend Jim, as I'm like passing out, curled up in his side as my neck's all messed up, and I'm on all these painkillers, woke me up. 
for, for the Jeff for, Goldblum For the Jeff Goldblum shirt okay. open you, you, scene. You, you can keep this one. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hon, you, you want to see this part? And then I watched it, and I'm like, you know, wiping the sleep from my eyes. And then I look at him, and I'm like, I want to go to bed now. Because <laughs> I was done. Oh. But yeah, so I went to sleep. But oh. I saw that. Um, things that uh, I've shown for my... Because my, I've gotten to reestablish my horror movie Fridays. Yes. Um, I showed Creep Show. Yay. Was I was my, so excited about that. It was my It's Halloween present for you. Yes. I, were, were you amused by my comment on Facebook where I was like, oh, I wasn't planning on being in town on that Friday, but I now guess I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> And M-O-O-N sells roofies. <laughs> yeah, there was some amazing commentary going yeah, on that night. I, I, I usually put my foot down and don't allow any kind of sass or too much um, commentary during movies, but you really just, creep show just opened it, it, it allows for it. It, it yeah. allows for yeah. it. It was, it was a very fun experience watching yeah. that group of people. Oh, it was. And then uh, last week I... And also, I'm not sure if I've ever seen it on a big screen. Oh. So that was... That was quite well. Pleasant. I'm happy to be able to oblige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then last week I showed uh, they live, yes. which is still just as wonderful. And I, good. I found uh, in my my unpacking at my new house, I found my you know from 1990 my my Roddy Roddy Piper little figurine, which I held clutched in my grubby little paw <laughs> for through the whole movie. And uh, it, but it still holds up really well. And I think that uh, his his acting is is. Wholly under underrated. Uh, he's a much better actor than most gave him credit for. Yeah, he was and, good. And it was a very subtle performance. And the very beginning of the movie is really kind of heartrending in how how topical it is. Still, still, yeah. uh, and and how hopeful he is that he just hasn't found his way yet, but he's sh- sure that he will. Um. So, but. Yeah, and he's just, you know, he's like, I'm just, I'm ready to work really, really hard. Just, just give me the opportunity yeah. to, to do so. But it was, yeah, it was, it was a good showing and it was a, a, a wonderful rewatch. And it just really breaks my heart that at some point I didn't get the chance to meet him because he, yeah. he still was doing a lot of conventions. And from everything I'd gathered from any, nobody had a bad story. When, when he passed, there was nobody who fan or or business partner or anyone that came out and said that they'd had anything other than oh, a yeah. wonderful experience working with them so oh same with Wes Craven yep yeah yeah uh the other thing that I watched recently is um yes I will pet you okay. yes uh the other thing I watched recently is uh Scarecrow Video currently has a, a Christopher Lee section. Oh! And after watching that one at the outdoor movie, I'm, I really kind of want to watch some more. Yeah, see, I had never seen, you know, any of his Hammer Dracula stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I grabbed um, Dracula Prince of Darkness. Um, I wasn't sure if that was the first one or not. It turns out not to be. It's like the mm-hmm. second one. And... You know, even though I'd never seen any, from seeing Christopher Lee and a lot, of, a lot of other things, I always had this very clear picture in my mind of what a Christopher Lee Dracula movie would be like. You know, it wasn't anything. It was like that. nothing like that. Because <laughs> I always pictured he'd be, you know, a very, you know, suave, urbane, erudite. And he was like a wild animal. He literally does not have any lines in this wow, movie. Oh, really? None. Yes. He, he seems, just, it seems a waste. It seems a total waste. 
And I was like, well, did I maybe just pick a bad one? And I, I looked, no. was looking at uh, reviews on, on uh, the Internet Movie Database. And a lot of the Hammer fans were like, oh, this is one of the best ones in the series. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'm done. You know, <laughs> one and done. I think I'm yeah. out. I, so, I don't know. I, I just was really curious, especially after we watched uh, that uh, documentary with Mark Gatiss, where he was talking about British yeah. horror. I would really recommend the one that I saw. The Devil Wrote Out, yes. That one was really good. And, okay. and kind of reminiscent of um, uh, The Legend of Hell House. All right. Kind of bringing a group of people together and raising something evils in the house. Right. And yeah, no, I, I think I think uh, it would be a good watch. One that I haven't seen that I I really I, I just recently got the Blu-ray for because it was a Scream Factory release was oh my goodness if I'm wrong on the title of this I think it's called The Legacy and it is Sam Elliott and his his wife um, oh my goodness who was the daughter in um, the graduate, and I can't remember her name. Sam Elliott's wife. I don't know, Miss Elliott. Oh dear lord! <laughs> Is that wrong? That's <laughs> so amazingly wrong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, My job here is done. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to go too much into it. But I, it's I one of those. It's kind of in that same vein of you know English and in uh, Evil House, or it's not really an Evil House, but they they bring these people together and they're all in this house together and wacky hijinks ensue. And uh, I, I can't wait to show it to everybody. Cool. I've got the Blu-ray for it. And I just want to talk about it because it's a recent uh, and it's it's a lesser known. It's it's. I somehow missed the title one. All this. The really, legacy. The legacy. Yes. I'm, okay. I'm pretty certain that's the name. <laughs> I'm sure that's close enough. <laughs> so uh, let's get into our horror movies with kids as protagonists. Yeah. Do you want to start so, or do you want me to start? No, I want you to start. With, I want to just go into The Gate because I remember loving The Gate. The Gate was good. I, the, it takes quite a while to really get mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, this isn't anywhere near as good as I remember. But once it does really does get, get started. started, it gets really legitimately scary. Yeah. And... I, I was kind of left wondering, what age group is this even aimed at? Because yeah. I have no it's, idea. It, its tone is it's somewhere that, between it's poltergeist. It's horror that they don't really... Yeah. They don't really... They, they, they let their shit be super scary. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be made for the age group it's made for now. No, no way. But in the 80s, they're like, fuck everything! Yeah, we'll, we'll ruin your childhood. Come here, <laughs> come watch this. This will be therapy fodder for you later. But this was... I, the feeling I, I got from it was this is like if Steven Spielberg had made The Evil Dead. Because it had a very similar sensibility in terms yeah. of how but random I, I and transgressive it, the attacks from the demons were. And I remember it being darker than anything we'd ever see Spielberg do. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it, the, the yeah. first half of it had that kind of sensibility of, you know, these two kids who are friends and, you know, one of them's into horror and oh i i completely love the the whole conceit that the the weird kid friend knows about the demons because of this this heavy metal album's liner notes (laughs) and of course there's some backwards masking going on yes yeah which reminds me a lot of trick or treat which yeah that was the thing is um there were scenes in this that i thought we're in Trick or Treat. That when we watched it, I was like, "Oh, this, I feel like there's something missing out of this." But, but no, this was what I was trying yeah. to remember. Um, but yeah, it was good, and it's also a, a wonderful example of 
how the fuck are they ever going to explain this to the parents? Because the house is ruined by the end of the movie. <laughs> Which I did love the line of, think they'll notice. Uh, <laughs> I, I literally have not. I haven't seen it since I was a teenager, I'm pretty certain. I think I'm still alive. It made a real impact on yeah. me. I really liked yeah. it. Kind of in that same um, time frame of movies that I watched, I have to bring up The Monster Squad. Oh, yeah. Which I remember, you you see very specific people who remember The Monster Squad um, because it came out the same summer as The Goonies, I think, at least the same year. Seems right. And it just got completely overshadowed. And I remember, I remember it getting just a really passing mention in Fangoria and being really excited for it. Uh, and seeking it out when I went and stayed with my dad to see it on VHS. And I, I rented it because I didn't have a VHS at home, but whenever I'd go to my dad's, I'd, oh, just, yeah. I'd get to see everything that I'd been looking forward to at, in that time and and just loving it because it really it, it, it is exactly that same flavor as Goonies, where it's just a really good set of kids. I liked this a lot better than Goonies, honestly. I like them both. I, but I, I know that, that, that a lot of people in, in our you know age range think the Goonies the is Goonies. one of the best movies ever. When I was a kid, I thought it looked stupid, and I finally saw it as an adult, and I thought it was stupid. So, <laughs> See, I saw yeah. it when I was a kid, and so I loved it. Yeah, no, I, and, even, even at the time, I was like, eh. And, and, and I feel like it's... it's and it's them trying looking to Looking at childhood her. from a distance, in a way. Monster Squad? No, no, the, the Goonies. Whereas where, the Monster Squad is, feels they, like they were, kids. And and with the Goonies, what I loved about it was they were trying to not lose their childhood because they didn't want to move away. Because yeah. it was to save their house. Um, so, in a way, that's a very adult. Yeah. You know, we want to preserve our childhood and preserve our friendships. And that's a very adult thing. Yeah, so, so it's a movie that's but more yeah. from an adult perspective, yeah. even though it has child protagonists, yeah. whereas The Monster yeah. Squad was clearly yes. something that the, the kid would come up with, honestly, yeah. in terms of the storyline. <laughs> Sorry, I just... Because it's so it's so 80s and moderately filthy, and, and, you know... But, oh my god, the spell's not working! What's wrong? Are you a virgin? <laughs> So-and-so didn't count? What are we gonna do? We need a virgin to read this! And then they that have the little hilarious. girl. Yeah. There's just this, you know, element of discussing and laughing about sexual things that... And it's really funny because one of the things... But, but showed, not in a slut-shaming way. No, no! Which was, which it was, was just impressive. Like, well, they were like, shit, what, we needed a virgin. Well, what do we do now? Yeah. But no, it's so funny because one of the things that I showed that is doesn't have anything to do it all with horror movies, but I showed, oh, oh my goodness, actually, okay, let's jump way back, and it's, it, it's not exactly child protagonists, but, okay. um, Tekla is obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with, uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery, Mysteries, Inc. Excellent. And so, I bought, they just came up with a new movie, and it's called Scooby-Doo and the Rock and Roll Mystery, I think is what it's called, but it's Scooby-Doo with Kiss. And not only is it Scooby-Doo with Kiss, but it is Kiss as presented in the Phantom of the Park, where they didn't, they weren't the, them. Excellent. They were the demon and star child. Okay. And, All right. And of course, you know, Peter Chris and, and uh, oh my God, whose name I always forget it with an A. So, no, 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 no. Anyway, yeah. 
But anyway, they, they're like, whatever the fuck, because they've been replaced. And there's, I don't know if you've been paying attention to that Paul Stanley and uh, D. Snyder no. fight. That's Because he, he said it was pretty shitty that they just threw new, basic, they just bring in new people to play the, the cat and the other oh, character. Wow. Like those other two the the original people just didn't exist. They're like, right. you know, fuck them. And Paul Stanley took that real personal. Hmm. And is just I he is just waving his dick <laughs> everywhere lately. But anyway, I showed this um the rock and roll mystery to I actually I bought it before I moved. Uh-huh. And I was like, Tecla, there's a new Scooby Doo movie and you love Scooby Doo. No, it looks scary. <laughs> I, I promise it's not <laughs> Scooby-Doo, and you've seen the finale of Scooby-Doo, which basically rocks fall and everyone dies. And you're That's all okay. I've heard. I still haven't seen it. And you're okay with that, so I don't <laughs> think Scooby-Doo and Kiss is going to be too much for you. And she's like, no, 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 no. So we've been re-watching the entirety of Scooby-Doo with Jim because that's her, like, this is what she wants to do. This is, this is her preferred hanging out with Jim. Got it. Is to see Scooby-Doo. And, um... <laughs> So he was over, and we couldn't get Netflix to work, and so we couldn't watch Scooby-Doo, and I'm like, I've got... So I did the thing that I do, and this is so not anything to do with horror movies. I completely, like, tricked my kid into taking naps, and I go, I'm going to set a timer for 10 minutes. All I need to do is lay down. If in 10 minutes I come and check on you, and the thing is I do, Mm -hmm. in 10 minutes if I come and check on you and you're still awake, you can get up, but if in 10 minutes you've fallen asleep, then I'm going to let you take your nap. That that would work on me. Yes. I'll be honest. (laughs) So I said... We're going to let this play for 10 minutes, and if any time in that first 10 minutes it becomes too scary, you tell me and we'll stop it, and at the end of 10 minutes, I will say, are you enjoying this? Should we continue watching it, or should we find something else to do? And, and of course, at the end of 10 minutes, I'm like, this is terrible. We should completely stop this movie because this is horrible. She's like, what, Mama? This is awesome. <laughs> and now her kid kid playlist is completely filled with Kiss. Which, which, of course, all these songs they play, they kind of pick and choose the lyrics and verses they play because the actual songs are really kind of sleazy. <laughs> and so I've got all these songs that they do have in the show, but now I've got another kid's playlist, and it's like, yeah, wow. But she's loving it. That's fantastic. <laughs> because I've seen Scooby-Doo and the Rock and Roll Mystery, which had Kiss, because of that, this last Sunday I showed the decline of Western civilization, the metal years, because they have full interviews with Paul Stanley as he's laying in a bed surrounded by groupies <laughs> talking about he loves rock and roll because it's made by, by people who, who are, how did he put it? It's, it's music for people that think with their crotch. <laughs> Yay, Paul Stanley. Okay. So anyway, that's my big um, segue. <laughs> Into Kiss and well, that, Stanley. Uh, so, so the Decline of Western that's a, a documentary. That is not because yes. it's Jen's, Jen's documentary, documentary corner. And it still fit in with uh, children. Well, no, they're like teenagers. The Scooby Gang kind of teenagers. Yeah, yeah there, there, there's a couple movies I had to look twice at to decide, well, how young do I yeah. feel like these characters are? In some ways, I almost feel like A Nightmare on Elm Street counts as. as child protagonists it's because they're really very close. young they teenagers yeah you know I, I mean not not necessarily age-wise yeah because she's supposed to be 16 and That's today cool. that would you know definitely be practically an adult yeah but 
all of all of the kids are played very young for their age. Mm-hmm. Um, see, when we had originally talked about the idea of this, rather than um, horror movies with kids as protagonists, I had kind of thought about gateway horror, and I'm going to throw out a kind of a pile of of horror movies that are less straight horror and more horror light. Okay. Um, that have children protagonists, but don't aren't aren't really full on horror movies. And I'm just going to throw them out there really briefly. Um, there's Monster House. Yes. That's um, on my list. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That surprises you? Well, no. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great little movie. It and, is. And, and I like the kids in it. They're and it's genuinely scary at yeah. points. And uh, and and the big reveal at the end is it's. Is some <laughs> um, hocus pocus. I've never seen that, and I feel like okay, I should. I feel it, like I'm missing out on, it, on a Halloween necessity. You are. Yeah. But here's the deal. I only saw it. I watched it for the first time with Tekla like two years ago. Oh, okay. I completely because I missed. I pretty much missed movies in the nineties. Right. I, I kind of missed television in the nineties too. The 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 reintroduction that I had to television in the 90s was the X-Files right at the very end of the 90s because I just I was I graduated high school in 92 moved out immediately on my own and just there was never an instance where I had cable or you know it just didn't work and so there's a ton of movies that are like and and pop culture references that I just didn't see them. And I'm aware of them from a pop culture standpoint, but not at having seen them standpoint. When I first saw uh, Wayne's World 2 in the theaters, I was with a group of people, and one of the people who was with us was, was this girl who had been homeschooled. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and we're cracking up at all these pop culture references that she's just saying, like, well, this is clearly a reference to something, but mm-hmm. yeah, I felt kind of bad for her. But on the other hand, it was a so you know <laughs> I actually um, knew in Minnesota uh, they were the first to hit uh, it was a brother and sister that uh, their parents had to fight their way up to the Supreme Court to because they, they they didn't used to allow people to school right. their children at home and they were the ones who fought it was it was wow. their family that fought their way through the legislation to be allowed to do so huh. um, and it, there's a I personally feel like there is the stamp that you see on people who are homeschooled, even if they're not done from a religious standpoint, mm-hmm. because there's just this otherworldliness to them. I, I dated someone who was homeschooled. Moving on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, a lot of these I actually saw later. Um, oh, I, I, I know the, one that I want to mention if we're bringing up Monster House. Yes. And that's Paranorman. Paranorman is wonderful. It's, that was two down from where I was. Uh, I was going to say... Uh, the Witches yes. with Angelica Houston, which is kind of terrifying. It's kind of scary, yeah. Um, uh, uh, it, Roald Dahl has such a wonderful dark imagination. Yes. I don't think he actually likes children. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so the Witches, you said Paranorman, uh, Casper. Which is oh, really? very, very lightly humor. Well, I, and, and only because I think I only watched it because it had Christina Ricci in it. Oh, okay. Um, it's very lightly. Right. It's, you know, it's like Ghostbusters light. Right. Um, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Love that movie. Yes. Um, it's pretty scary, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. 
Um, and, and ever, ever so loosely horror and only, I'm only going to mention it cause it's just a personal favorite of mine and I'm keeping in that vein of gateway is a uh, escape to Witch mountain. Yeah. Uh, it's, it has some kind of harrowing moments, but it's definitely not on the more frightening side. Like the witches and paranormal definitely have some moments that are actually really frightening and probably Frank and me too. Yeah. I, I, I have, I did put Escape to Witch Mountain on, on, on my list, although I'm mainly thinking of it as a science fiction yes. movie. You're, uh, you're not wrong. The other thing along those lines that I really debated listing or not, because I don't really think of it as a horror movie, mm-hmm. but, but when the original was released, that's surely what it was considered. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, Invaders from Mars. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, that's really the prototypical the adults don't believe you Yes. story. Yeah. Um, and I think it was clearly a huge influence on, on another movie I'm going to mention here, which is Super 8. Did you ever see that? Yes, and I really liked it. I it, liked it a lot, It felt yeah. like a modern-day Goonies. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, the, the, since I was always interested in, in filmmaking ever since I was little, I really, really identified with the, the kid character in it who was wanted to make the movie who, who kept saying that the things were going to add production value. <laughs> <laughs> and so there were so many times when we were working on you know, the web series Causality that I would think to myself, this is going to add so much production value. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I think that really deserves a rewatch. Yeah. It, maybe we could do that some Friday. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, one that, that I think kind of gets an honorable mention here. And, and you and I have, have, have both mentioned that, that this movie didn't really hold up for us. But um, The Lost Boys has two of my favorite child protagonists in the a horror movie, brothers. even though they weren't the main characters. Yeah. That the Frog Brothers are just so fantastic. It's fantastic. They really are. We don't They're ride so... with vampires. Well, then stay here. We do now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's harder when you get into where it's a full cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that I want to mention that's, that's definitely a kids movie, and I, almost, I again I almost didn't list this one, but I saw it on a lot of other people's lists, mm-hmm. and that's uh, Coraline. Oh, Coraline fucked me up. Yeah, it's pretty scary. It's really scary, and I was really angry at the end of it, um, asking what exactly what the po- was the point of this? Is that some people have shitty parents, and you're just supposed to accept that? <laughs> Yeah, I there can might see you taking that away from it. Yeah, in, in possibly. My, in my life, but yeah. Um, stuff from the 80s that isn't that fabulous that I love that has uh, child characters that I love critters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Critters and Troll are two of my very, very favorites. Really? Okay, I, I was I have Troll on my list, and I, I don't think we've ever loved, talked about it, so I don't know if you've ever seen it. I love, and I was so angry when Troll 2 came out, Troll 2 came out because I was like, what the fuck is this shit? It has nothing shit? to do with anything. Yeah, and it was, you know, and the whole fan following that has happened around it of the best worst movie ever yeah, made and the whole time. I was like, it, that's not. bullshit. It, yeah. But cause because the first one is really charming and his name's Harry Potter and he's Harry Potter Jr. Yes. And um but you know, as they're fighting their way and and the whole um fairy tale backstory. Yeah, and, and just just the apartment building and oh, the neighbors being transformed into, oh. into this troll's forest. That, that that's 
that's really a kind of a terrifying concept. It you is, know, it's the, terrifying. The, the reality but just itself amazing. is slipping away from. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I saw it um, when Fox first started, and I remember it because I had a little black and white TV in my room, and I remember watching it, and just you know, it's when Fox didn't have anything. <laughs> there, there, there was an ex girlfriend of mine who showed it to me like apologetically. She was like, "I was really fond of this when I was little. And I know it's not very good." And I was like, "What are you, what are you even talking about? That it's was great. Amazing. That was fantastic." <laughs> Um, shall we go into frightening children? They, you know, children as protagonists when they're really fucking scary. Um, along those lines, I have The Good Son, which I know I've which I still about haven't before. seen. Yeah, you, you, you should do that one. <laughs> um, what I was gonna say is the bad scene. Oh yeah, because I've shown yeah. that recently, and she's. Really frightening. She's she's frightening. The, the little girl in the bad scene is frightening in the same way that when I when I was laughing with watching the guest that I said he hit Robert Mitchum levels of intimidation. Right. Like that little girl yeah. was that terrifying in that movie where you're like where you where you know she will fuck you up. She was a believable psychopath yes. too. Just yeah. just Watching her try to get away with shit and think that she is going to get away with shit just by being charming and, and, and adorable. And managing was, it. Yeah. Was terrifying. Yeah. yeah. I, actually, I'm thinking that, that we could, when I was researching this, I was realizing we could easily do another entire episode that's on scary kids rather than child protagonists. Mm-hmm. And, um. There's so many. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, I mentioned the. The remake of Poltergeist, but mm-hmm. I think I love all three of the post Poltergeist films. I, I I love the second one. I love the third one. A lot of people shit I on the third one. I barely remember the sequels at all. I do. Um, there's a disconnect in the second one where it just the, the story doesn't seem as smooth. But the introduction yeah. of the the well, the first man, one is so well constructed. Yes, that it'd and it's, be hard it's to... a really perfect movie. But the introduction of the terrifying old man I in do the remember second him. film, yeah. and they recast him because he had passed for the third film. And the third film has a very very different feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so very different that a lot of people just hate it. Hmm. Uh, but I think it's really great for the story it is. Um, I think, I think, I think with that character having passed, they shouldn't have tried to make up some uh, another elderly man just to make him look like because yeah. the original man in the second film was absolutely terrifying, and uh, it, it it kind of makes me think to where in in uh, the sequel to Nightmare on Elm Street they had really hope to just have someone else playing Freddy's character. And I think oh, they, yeah. they had like some extra that they, they put in and they realized that it was Robert right. England. It was yeah. Robert England's portrayal of Freddy Krueger that made him as terrifying as he was. And yeah. you could just throw somebody else in the makeup and capture the same spark. Yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, they, you know, left with no other options. Uh, and especially coming at it from a completely different storyline they did that it, it, it missed the boat in a lot of different ways, but I still really like it. So. You're talking about recasting just reminds me that, that that's my other um, disappointment with season three of Hannibal was that they had to recast Mason Verger. 
Yeah. The, the new guy was good, but the the first one was just so he's, insane. <laughs> yeah, and was just he's a very charismatic. I, is yeah. It, I keep thinking Michael Pitt or something along those lines. His you, name. You know me and I know. I'm, yeah. I'm typically better at this than than I am. Uh, but he's he's a really really good actor. He's there was a a, a movie. Uh, anyway, but uh, I, I've seen him in a couple of other different things, and he's a very charismatic, very good actor. And with losing that, um, you there was a finesse in his characterization that was completely lost, where you went from, you know, this fine tool to being a bludgeoning yeah. instrument with the second characterization. And I mean, it kind of made sense with, you know, what happened to the character. Yeah. But... It still would have been, I think, much more entertaining if we yes. could have kept the same same actor. Actor. Um. Oh, I know one that we've got to mention, and that's mm-hmm. Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, that's a terrifying movie. That is a very terrifying movie. And uh, and really, um, it really affected me being from a uh, a really dangerously abusive home. Yeah. That that's a reality for some children. To live in, and uh, but boy, the the kids, the the girl was that was amazing. It was just a wonderful story. Guillermo just is a blessing. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, is, absolutely. he is such a gift. So looking forward to Crimson Peak. I am really looking forward to Crimson Peak, but I am heartbroken that they have uh, done a uh, stop on the production of Pacific Rim Two. Yeah, but. He sounds pretty positive that it's still going to happen. All right. That would be wonderful. I, the, would, I would love that if that's the case. The, the, the project of his that got stalled that I really want to get picked back up is an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's and the Mountain Mountain Madness. Madness. That would be amazing. And I think he's got just just the right style to, to pull that he off. He does. It, there was a problem because there was something else that was coming out right Well, the, the, the other main thing was um, the, the studio asked me, you know, what kind of budget you're looking for? And he put a number on the table and they balked. And they're he's right, very, it's going to cost that much to, yes. to, to pull off the scale of the yeah. story. They don't want to spend that money in movies anymore. Uh, they they especially didn't want to spend that money for a horror movie, no. apparently. So No, they're they're looking for just over micro-budgets. Yeah. I think I think what the number I've heard tossed around is like 500000 or like up to a million. Like, and you can't really do that much in Hollywood with a horror movie. Yeah, I don't remember how much he asked for, but you, you yeah, either you you're either hitting, you know, the the only ones that are getting the like super duper big bu- budget are you know the full on studio movies that are horrible because they're just regurgitations of things that we've seen being yep. done in independent films, and the independent films that are being done are being done with these micro budgets that are infinitesimal. Yeah, and it's done. It's just done with sheer talent and a fucking wish and a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I have not seen this, but I'm actually hearing good buzz about it, which keeps surprising me. Cooties? The, the Visit. Oh, okay. I've heard good things about um, The Visit and about Cooties. You, you were kind of Canadian for a second there. Cooties? No, the, the, the boot. A boot. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've been drinking. Oh, okay. So okay drinking so like, makes you Canadian? It makes me Northern Minnesotan. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, no, Cooties I'm definitely curious about, but... but um, the visit when I first saw a trailer for it, and just the fact that it's M Night Shyamalan, I was like, eh, I don't know, I might give this one a miss. But the, I'm hearing some very positive things about it, yeah. so I may go see that. Um, Cooties does look interesting. <laughs> uh, I don't think that counts as child protagonist, though. 
it's all it's all children. They're all like little kids. I thought it was like teachers trying to survive the the children. Perhaps. I I'm not. You don't see that as okay. Oh. I've heard it has one of the most disgusting openers. Um, because basically, (laughs) you 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 go through. (laughs) You follow a a chicken through to becoming a McNugget. Oh my god. (laughs) Basically. And, and done in the most visceral, disgusting way ever, because that is what introduces the virus to the children that basically right. turn them into zombies. <laughs> um, two that are kind of in the same vein, one that uh, you have seen and one that you haven't seen mm-hmm. that I really want to show for horror movie nights is The Omen. Sure. Which I, kind of the protagonist, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, kind of, he's kind of more of what's creating a wake. Yeah. You know, it's like a boat surging ahead and and what you're watching is the wake that's created behind him propelling through everything. This is all for you, Damien. Yes. <laughs> and it's good. Yeah. And it has a child in it yeah. and he's definitely evil, but a lot of it is more so what's happening with the adults. The other one that I've I've said I wanted to show a bunch of times is called The Other. And it's um there's twin boys and one's good and one's bad. Hmm. And it was done in the 70s, and it's kind of got that, you know, very 70s flavor about it, which I really like. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's super, it's super good, and it's got a completely kicks you in the junk at the end of the movie. Cool. I, that sounds like something I would totally watch. Uh, Battle Royale. I know. I was waiting on that one. <laughs> God. I love that movie so much. I, I, I always debate whether I think it's a horror film or not. I but think it is. I don't know what else I'd call it. A you thriller? Know. Yeah. Kind of. But that is such a perfect piece of filmmaking. You can definitely tell that the director had been doing this for a really long time because it was oh, so yeah. masterful. So masterful. And, and also, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, Beat Takeshi as, as their teacher. Yes, he, he's teacher's amazing. He is so amazing. And, you know, he's had you know years and years of experience as an actor. So. But all the kids are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that they... Boy, it's... Wow. <laughs> the, the way that they make you fall in love and lose somebody in 45 seconds. Yeah. And you care. Yeah. That, you know, this kid that you just got introduced to gets it and you're just, you're, you're the, just stunned. The, the one that just, just kills me the most is, is the one who has just been, been shot by the girl he, he's had a crush on and she didn't yeah. know he had a crush on her. And he's telling her, run, they'll have heard the shot. You know, he's not concerned that he's dying. He's concerned they're going to because find her. Still, yeah. And she's like, you never even said anything. And that just, just that scene just... Yeah. Oh. No, it's just... Yeah. Like, there's just nothing in it. There's so much good stuff in that. Yeah. <sighs> um, Firestarter. Firestarter, Which we've yes. talked about. We have. In the past. Uh, I, I was debating with myself whether to include that or not, since for most of the film, the father is the protagonist. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, it's all She's the protagonist, so... Uh, the Devil's Backbone. The Devil's Backbone, yes. God, more Guillermo. Mm-hmm. Just, I want him just to be given all the money he ever wants. Pretty much, yeah. So that he can continue making all the movies that I love and want to see for the rest of my life. I need to give that one a rewatch. I haven't seen it since it came out. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, we kind of talked about People Under the Stairs earlier. We did. Um, still a wonderful characterization of a little kid because Fool is just an amazing, he's just an amazing character. Yeah. And, and, and I know I mentioned this last time, but, but I gotta say again, it, it it's amazing to watch his character progress through the film. He, mm-hmm. Cause 
you know, people will, will, will say, you know, when you're talking about, like, literary theory, that, that, that a story properly, the protagonist should not be the same person by the end of the story as they were at the beginning. At the and Fool is an excellent example of that. Yeah. And and his life hadn't exactly been easy up to that point, but still yeah, it no. changed him in an amazing way. Yeah. Um, Children of the Corn, which I know you don't love anymore. Also, that's, that's not the protagonist. Well, yeah. I just, I think of the, because the villains are the children. But yeah. Yeah, still, okay. And no, it, it's not. It's not nearly. I didn't find it nearly as good rewatching it as I remembered it being. But I still have but a still real fondness so for it. Good as villains. Yeah. Um, Malachi and Malachi is terrifying. And then the the little boy who isn't a little boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. Just because you mentioned "Let Me In" earlier, "Let the Right One Let the Right One In" is, is, is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That's probably my single favorite vampire movie. I don't remember if I said that during the vampire episode or not, but if I had to pick a favorite, that's probably it. Directly under Near Dark. <laughs> I love... Okay, I love Near Dark more than I love Let the Right One In, but I think if I have to look at them in any kind of objectivity, movies. then Let the Right One In is, is probably the better <laughs> movie. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Well, now you're making me all... No, the, the other question, stuff I have. Well, the other stuff yourself? is it's not it's not children. They're they're they have children in the movies, but they're not they're not the protagonist. Okay, I, I still have more. I, well, I gather you do. Um, That's why see. I'm passing the baton. All right. Uh, oh, Tale of Two Sisters. The Tale of Two Sisters. Yeah. See, they're really kind of pushing the edge because they're really getting towards the end of their um their teens. So I it's true, but but they. Tale of Two Sisters, I still, <laughs> like, I remember letting out a shriek. There's there's a jump scare in the very beginning of the film that I screamed like a little <laughs> bitch. And, it, and it's just, and, and the twist is amazing. And it's just, it's just really well done. I've been threatening to show it from a horror movie night. Yeah, you have. You, since you, we started doing it. Yeah, and, and you definitely should. Uh, oh my goodness, you have Paper House! I do have Paper House. Oh my god. Which, yeah, I know you love. And, I do. And, and I added it to this list kind of embarrassingly late. You, you know, I, I was like, how did I not think of that immediately? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've never seen Flowers in the Attic. <laughs> it's really fucked up. Yeah, but... it sounds pretty fucked up. <laughs> I, I've read plot descriptions. And I... I read all of those as like a tween, and they're so horrible. <laughs> they're so wrong in so many ways, and it's funny because I I think I was getting a little nostalgic for them, and so I I went back and I'm like, well, I'll just read the wiki, and you could see that I was at work, and it's just the look of slack jawed horror, <laughs> the horror on my face as I was reading it because. You know, like, it, it starts out kind of bad, you know, with its incestiness yeah. and its, you know, uh, matricide and, and, and the whole kitten caboodle. It just gets worse. Yeah. Like, every book, they're like, <laughs> they're, I like, you know, I love you, sister wife. Yeah. I, oh, you know, <laughs> they can't know our secret life. Yes, you need to stop. <laughs> It's getting generational. You have to stop now. 
Let me explain genetics to you. Yeah. When your family tree has yeah. no branches. <laughs> yeah, that's the family stump, and that's not really what you want here. That's what gives you hemophilia and club feet. <laughs> uh, this is one that I'm that I believe you haven't seen, and I haven't seen in years. Is Parents? I've never um, seen. I, I remember seeing the uh, the VHS cover for it. Yeah, though. It, it, it's about this little boy who gradually starts to suspect that his parents may be feeding him human meat. Mm-hmm. And, and it my my favorite bit of dialogue is like, "What are we having for dinner? Leftovers." What were they before they were leftovers? <laughs> well, they were leftovers to be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the little girl who lives down the lane. Is oh, what I, know we've I about. still need to. That's another one I really need. To, and that one's disturbing. Yeah, I haven't seen that since I was fairly little. I, I probably watched it earlier than Speaking I should. Speaking of disturbing, Return to Oz. Return to Oz. Thank fucking God I pre-screened that. My, before showing it to Dick. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no. Because I couldn't emotionally handle how bad Return to Oz was. <laughs> Have you ever heard the, the Scissor Sisters song Return to Oz? No. It's kind of amazing because it, it, it's both, you know, literally about what it's talking about, but it's also talking about uh, the guy who wrote the song, the people he lost to heroin addiction in Seattle. Ooh, ooh, oh, hey, now. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. Hug me, David Boreanaz. <laughs> That's too much. My brain is trying to put that to the tune of Rock Me Amadeus, and it doesn't quite scan, but... No. <laughs> Actually, if you leave out the David, it scans. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty much running out of stuff. The Lady in White is one that I haven't seen, but I think you have. I have, and I own it. It's, it's more drama. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those where a little boy starts, starts seeing shades of things that happened previously, and he starts seeing, Mm. like, the ghosts, um, and, and finding out that it's not, you know, the not, not ghosts of long past, but, like, ghosts of his parents' past, and that... And that it's still close enough in history to immediately impact him. Right. And yeah. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's definitely on horror light. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a very good story. Uh, and it has Lucas Haas in it from, I think, The Witness. Or from Witness. There's another one here that I haven't seen and I was wondering if you had called The Watcher in the Woods. I own it, but I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. I, I, I read a description of it. Scott it sounds Betty really Davis. interesting. Scott Betty Davis. Yeah. So, Gotta love her. Yeah. And I think we've talked about it. everything else. Oh, we haven't talked about It. Um, it's a fucked I, up movie. I'm not a big fan of It. I love um, the book. and um, I never finished it. And, oh, Stephen King. <laughs> I, I hit a certain point where I was like, Stephen, you... you Did you get uh, to Balloons are not scary. Oh, balloons are scary. No, balloons, balloons are not scary. scary. Balloons are balloons. No, I, I didn't get to the, the prepubescent gang bang. I'm pretty sure I would have remembered that part. So when I heard people talking about that years ago, I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> huh. you could have spent your money on therapy. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's not in the Tim Curry adaptation. I'm trying to remember how they handled that. <laughs> I don't remember. But that ain't right. Yeah. Um, and also I understand that, that at the end, you know, he, he reveals his true form. He's not a clown. He's a giant spider. Oh. And 
I, I think he should have gone for the, you know, I don't know how they would have done this in a film, but in the book version at least, I think they should have gone for kind of a Lovecraftian, its true form was undescribable well, rather Yeah, let's, let's go undescribable. Okay. Hmm? Yeah, come on, Stephen. Undescribable. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just not crazy about it. And I, I just, as much as I love Tim Curry, I, I just didn't find Pennywise scary, so I never finished watching the movie Oh, I either. found it. I, yeah. uh, you you yeah. and the entire rest of the internet, basically. Yeah. The, the second portion, like, because I think it's two nights, yeah. is is not as good. But the first and, and it, the second part doesn't is, qualify for this podcast either. Because so. they're not children anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. we're only talking about the first half of, of, <laughs> of it. <laughs> so is there anything exciting upcoming? Anything going on? Uh, man, I swear there was... It's Halloween! Some, it, it Halloween! Is Halloween! I'm going to Geek Girl Con, uh, so if you go to Geek Girl Con and you are a fan of our podcast, you won't have heard this by the time it comes out, so never true. mind. All right. So come out next Monday. So, so you should have been there. And I will perhaps have seen you. Yeah, or, or not if, if you were there. I'm going for my first time. I think yeah. uh, I've been wanting to go for a couple of years and, and having a little tiny geek girl at that's home. That's true. I went to the first one, but I haven't been back, and that's not out of you know lack of desire to. It's just never worked out. Have you seen Gravity Falls yet? I still haven't. It's wonderful. It's kind of a Twin Peaks for kids. Yeah. Um, but we're really big fans. It's another one that, that Jim is really into. He's actually going to be doing Grunkle Stan, at, and so I decided to dress Tekla as Mabel. Excellent. And they have both tried to talk me into, um, there's Grenda, the really manly-voiced little girl that's friends with Mabel, and who is kind of a favorite of Jim's and mine. And then there's Dipper, who's Mabel's twin brother. Uh, and there were there was talk of attempting to get me to costume as either of those characters, and I told them no. I do not have the bandwidth to... Um, I'm getting up and going to work every day. I'm very proud of that, managing to parent my child and not kill my cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thus, thus living is a success for me, and uh, I will eventually get past this merely subsisting. Yeah. Um, only managing to watch, uh, catch up on TV shows that I should have watched last year. Um, that that time will come. <laughs> that time's not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I don't will. Know, I don't know if you saw this thing I posted on Tumblr. Did you see this? No. Okay, so listen up. All, this is like done as big graphics and black and white and orange. Okay, so listen up, all you whiners. For months when anyone dared to even mention Halloween, you've been all like, it's only August, or come on, it's only September. Well, guess what, bitches? It's October. <laughs> I better see a goddamn jack-o'-lantern on your front porch tonight. It's time for pumpkin spice everything. everything. So you'd best get your whiny ass ready for skeleton Skeleton war! war! This has been a public service announcement. That has gotten 25,000 notes. <laughs> <laughs> you made that? Yeah, yeah. Rock on! <laughs> no, I'm not making it to Tumblr. I, I yeah. throw stuff on Tumblr on occasion. Oh, so it, it's in it's in write only mode for you at the moment. Yes, got it. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> All right, people. Well, I am so sorry that we had a three week wait between episodes. That will not happen anymore. Again. Well, hopefully, it won't happen anymore. I. I hope nothing yeah. goes wrong. Yeah. It's all me. It's all my fault with all my moving and divorcing and and No, and no, no, no. Stuff. It's not it's not entirely your fault. I I've been been commuting back and forth from Shoreline to Olympia to to look after my sister's house and that's made scheduling things difficult. That's very kind of you. It's, I thought so. It's all me. <laughs> me, 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 me. 
Anyway, but it is a pleasure to be back. Yes. Uh, hopefully we'll become a little more consistent with things. Um, I'm sure we'll have another episode between now and Halloween, at the very least. Because <laughs> <laughs> happy fucking Halloween. Mm. And uh, we will be back before Halloween. <laughs> and uh, until then. We'll talk to you in two weeks, goddammit. Goddamn. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>